Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. We have a little treat for you this morning. Eric is here again, and uh, Eric has a nice little song for you. And this is a song with no name? Yes. Amazing. Uh, hit it, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Was that a Spanish song or something? It's all like Spanish music. Yeah, it's kind of Spanish Scottish mix. Oh, glushes. <laughs> all right. Amazing. Thank you for that, man. Um, I'm gonna get to your questions and comments in a minute here, but I wanna. Uh, I finally figured out by observation what's wrong with the millennials. You know how half of them and. They are very talented on one half, and then the other half is all messed up, all right? And, and they remind me of politicians in that, and I don't know about all, I don't know about all, but the millennials are very selfish, and everything they do, they do for self. They don't necessarily do it for someone else, and I noticed that... Uh, they don't know, they don't seem to, like no one taught them about values and morality. It doesn't seem as though they were taught in the homes or in the schools or anywhere. So they really don't know what that means, and I, that's why they suffer. And not all, but most. 
And so I have a, um, and this with men and women. So I wrote down some don'ts and do's. All right. So I want to say to the millennial men and women, here's some things that you don't do on a job. <laughs> when someone hire you, here's some things that you don't do. How many of the millennials we have? Oh, okay. Any of you ever had a job? Because <laughs> I don't think millennials really have ever had a job. <laughs> so, number one, here's what you don't do on a job. You don't watch videos during the eight hours that you are working. <laughs> because the reason you don't do these things is because when the person pay, uh, hire you, you agree on a salary, you agree that you're going to work for eight hours for this amount of money, right? And so the person that you're working for, they're hired you because they need their company to work. They don't need you sitting there on a cell, oh, on the cell phone or on video phone. And millennials got that bad. It seems as though they don't know they made a promise to the boss that, yes, sir, I will work for you for eight hours, pay me $15 an hour, whatever it is, right? They don't seem to understand that. And then when you get on them about it, you say, well, you know, you can't be on your phone doing work hours. They say, oh, okay, I won't. And as soon as you turn your back, they're on the phone. It's like they're addicted to it. And then when they see you coming, they try to shut it off real fast. Or the same thing with a video. Have you guys seen that before? Are you guys so addicted to the cell phone you can't help it? You're at work. Because it looked like dishonesty, you know, uh, when you make a promise to work for eight hours. And, and once you get on the cell phone you can, or video, you can find you there, yourself there for hours because you become a, uh, stuck on that cell phone. And that's just not fair to the company at all. It's dishonesty. It's stealing because you're stealing the man's time and taking his money. And when it's time to clock in or turn the uh, uh, payroll thing in, they still turn it in for 80 hours as though they work 80 hours. They don't even feel badly that, oh, you know what, I didn't really work eight hours today. <laughs> so I'm not going to clock in and out as eight hours. That's a lack of more values. That, that's, that's a lack of dishonesty. That is downright stealing. Anybody disagree with that? Yes, sir. So don't do that. Yes. Jesse, I, I, I do construction, and I have a bunch of guys that work for me, and I require that they listen to the Jesse Lee Peterson show <laughs> through their headphones while they're working. Well, since they, they're doing construction, right? Yeah. But they can just have it in the ear, but yet continue to work un, until lifetime. Or, it's just a but joke. In my, I, office, in my office, for example... <laughs> There are other things that you have to be doing that does not require you to sit there. Absolutely. I, I was just making a joke. Oh, okay. I, mean, I appreciate what you're, the statement you're making. Yeah. Um, so don't, starting tomorrow morning, don't go to work and pull out your cell phones. Don't even think that you can pull it out and just check the message. I'll just look. Because you find yourself checking more than one message. All right? And no videos. Uh, and, oh, 
And if you're trying to start your own business, YouTube channel, whatever you're doing, and you're working for the man, during the eight-hour period that you're working at work, it's not a time for your business. It's not a time to start your business. The man is not paying you to start your business. He or she are paying you to help make their business work. That makes sense? I know so many people who, well, not so many, but millennials who work for me, they're like secretly have a business going on, they're trying, and they'll use your equipment, they'll steal your ink pens and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy. You're not getting paid to start your own business. So here's what you should do if you, once you, you know, you go there, you ask for the job, and they give you the job. If you want to be able to do something like that, you need to get permission from the person. If that boss doesn't give you permission, it's wrong to do that. And look like you should feel guilty if you did it. When I was working, even in the cotton fields, we worked the whole eight hours. We stopped for lunch. We did the work. And when I came out here to California and I worked for different companies, it never occurred to me not to give them eight hours worth of work because they were paying you. And so had I done something like that, I would have had so much guilt. But I don't think millennials have guilt, right? No? Do y'all know what guilt is? <laughs> guilt is when you make a promise and you don't do it. And then you act like you did it. You shouldn't be feeling like, wow, I'm wrong for this. But I don't think on that half they feel that way. <laughs> Am I wrong about that? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not wrong. No. So most, that, most, most of them, yeah. Yeah, not and why all. is that? They weren't taught right, both parents. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> Millennial. Sorry, I apologize. I apologize. They have yeah. a language out of this world. We, we weren't taught right, yeah. Uh, and both the parents are working and, you know, raised by the TV and the computer. So it's not 100% our fault, but, you know. It's not 100% your fault? Yeah. Even as an adult. As an adult, then, yeah, it's more your fault, yeah. Yeah, as an adult. Now, I know the parents, you know, they screw us up and, uh, for the first 18 years of our lives, and then we spend the rest of the time trying to overcome it. But at some point, you got to know right from wrong. Like, you know, you keep the word if you can. You know if someone is hiring you to do a job. Even the Mexicans are messing up with the uh, yard work. You know how they're supposed to come in a week and cut the grass? They won't even show up. But yet, when they send in the monthly bill, they'll bill you for the whole month. I'm like, you didn't show up every weekend. But they, and then they get mad if you correct them about it. What's wrong with the Mexicans? <laughs> It's not like they would not view you if they didn't show up, but they don't. And I'm not the only one having that problem. So that half is missing, huh? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, you got to get it right because in order to have a great life is that you got to be right and do right. Really, you got to be that. You can't pretend to be it and pretend you're doing it. You got to be it. That makes sense? Because a lot of people, they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. They're not what they say. And a lot of you are here because you've gone to churches or other places, and you notice that they were preaching one thing but doing another one. And that's why you left the church or whatever you're involved in. So you got to be it, and you can be it. Okay, I'll move a little faster. 
I remember uh, I worked at Brockman Hospital in uh, Hollywood, and I started my own janitorial service. I uh, would have to go to Brockman and work early in the morning from 6 to 3. And then once I left there, I would go to my, my business and work my job until late at night or something. It never occurred to me to work on my business, paperwork or anything, doing work hours for someone else. It just never occurred to me to do that. It just doesn't seem right. But not with the millennials. They don't have that. Hopefully, you guys will get it back after hearing this. Uh, and so I would do my janitorial service, and at night I did my work. And when I went to Brockman during the daytime, I gave them the hours that they paid me for. And in that way, things turn out well for you. It really will. But if you do wrong, you're going to have a hard life. Yes, ma'am. You're a millennial, right? You said, ma'am, you must not recognize me. You know who this is? Oh, yes. Yes. Who am you I? You always have a new hairdo. <laughs> Victoria, the black one. Yes, okay. She black. I can always tell when you address me and you don't recognize me. Okay. So I was just talking with a friend about this yesterday. Most of the ideas for my business flood in while I'm on my day job. I work from home. What is the solution to that? Because <clears throat> I need to take time to write it down or something because I don't want it to just go away. Oh, so right now you're working for someone else and you're starting your own thing. And while you're working for them, ideas come in? Yes, for my business. Let yes. them go. What? Yeah, because doing right and being right, yeah. God is always with you. And so that Satan tempts you with all these ideas so that you can cheat the man out of his money. So God, is, he doesn't, he's not going to cause that kind of confusion in your life. I don't feel confused when I'm doing it, though. But meaning that he got to have you cheat the man out of his money. Well, I do feel also that working from home, it's tricky because I do not sit at my desk the whole eight hours. That's just a non-negotiable, because if I were at a regular job, <clears throat> but, me, I wouldn't be doing that. But still, you can't cheat the man. You have to, whether you're walking around or sitting around, if you're on the clock, you're working for someone else, you owe That's them true. that time. Because just think about it, they're spending their money, to, to they're giving it to you mm -hmm. and not getting the full service. That makes sense? No? See, I tell you, there's something missing with these people, the men and the women. I want to disagree, but I know that that is not correct. It's you just... You want to disagree that you made a promise with a guy, if you hire me, I'm going to give you eight hours worth of work. And you want to disagree with that? No, I want to disagree with you. About that? <laughs> oh. What do you want to disagree with me about? That's funny. No, I, no, I do Take understand. No, he's not telling the truth. No, I, do, I understand what you're saying, and I think that your message was right on time because I was definitely conflicted about that this entire week because so many ideas that I felt were so amazing were just flooding in. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I can't concentrate on both of these. I have to stop what I'm doing and write this down. Amazing. Yeah. And you still build the guy for eight hours, right? Well, How I think... How many hours? And did you I'm, feel guilty I'm, for stealing from him? I'm salaried, so oh, sometimes they is, steal from me. Stealing. That's what the politicians do. That's just like the politicians. And I realize all you guys went to the same schools, right? I don't need to myself anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> no, I have to admit that you are correct because at the end of the day, if this is meant to be, it's going to come to fruition regardless. That's and right. I have a feeling deep inside. Absolutely. It's already written. It's done. And especially if you do it right, it's going to happen quicker, sooner than what you think. Yeah, because I plan on taking on employees, and I would be very upset if they were sitting, they were, you know, and listening to YouTube all that's day or right. doing something like that. So. And I can assure you, whatever you do to others will be done to you. There's no way around it. It will be done to you. But what if because I flip the not, script now? Will I'm it sorry? stop? If I flip everything now and stop, will, that, will, will I still be punished? Ask God to forgive you. I don't know what he's going to say. <laughs> He may say, Victoria, you know, you got to get back first. <laughs> but just to add, I remember when I started janitorial service, because I did it right by respecting the other business, my business grew just like that. And then it, I was able to leave there in the right way because my business took off. You know, so when you do right, that's all you have coming back to you is what is right. Yes, sir. <laughs> What if it's like kind of the other way around? So I've had jobs before where it was kind of it was pretty much agreed upon when I took the job. Like there might be some issues like outside of normal hours, and then maybe something comes up on the weekend. Um, I've I've had more than a handful of times where like some of the jobs I had is just like part of the work is like just sending emails out to people and dealing with issues as they come in. So like if something comes up on a Saturday and then I go in and I put my time in for that. Almost all all the time, my old boss would butt heads with me about, well, can you just not put in hours that weekend because it wasn't office hours, stuff like that, even though I legitimately worked and was doing stuff for right. the company. So it means that you were doing overtime yeah. but not on the clock? Right. And it's not like it's not like I was uh, – like I went into that particular job understanding like that will happen occasionally. Right. Um, so it was agreed upon, but the boss was giving me grief about billing extra hours on the weekend. Oh, billing extra hours? Yeah, or like, you know, putting putting it on my time card or whatever. Oh, and you were doing it without his permission? No, he, he we, it's... I mean, it was, I would get permission, you know, during the interview period. Yeah, so it was... Job. Okay, if I come in on Saturdays, do I get paid for that? Do I just write in? Right, well, see, the type of job I had isn't like physically coming into an office. It was just dealing I mean, with stuff. I mean, if I yeah, do the yeah. work, where have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you're doing it from the toilet at home, <laughs> you know. You right. always get the permission from the boss first, right. so you have an understanding. Okay. And if he says, no, don't, I, you can work, but I'm not going to pay you for it, or if he says, yes, at least you got the understanding. Right. I mean, it's the way I, where I was said it was kind of like a big kind of major corporation type of deal. So it was like, I, I don't know, everything was just kind of like subdivided by like departments and stuff like right. that. So when like the timesheet came in for my week, they were like, why did you work on a Saturday? Like because there was work on a Saturday. <laughs> that's why you need to have it in advance. Well, that's no. It's part. It was part of my like interviewer says. Yeah, this job will potentially. Oh, okay. Continue. So you so, just asking, why did you do the work? What did you do? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. no. It was just it was just kind of annoying because my boss was giving me grief about billing. Oh, putting, I know why that is. I tell yeah. you that I'm coming to that. Okay. All the millennials have that problem. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Good question, man. I'm. I, that's coming up. Um, yes. I think what um, I know to be true is you can't have a plan. You have to just take whatever's in front of you and 
deal with that. And I think that um, uh, having kind of, when you mix your daytime job with your personal job, with your personal endeavors, you're kind of creating a plan for yourself. And it's like God doesn't work in a plan. But it's a lack of character, though. Yeah. Because if you already have that in you, you're not going to do the boss wrong. You're not going to steal from the boss when he or she is not looking. You're going to, you know, if you promise to do eight hours or 12 hours or Saturday overtime, whatever the agreement is, they shouldn't have to watch over you to make sure it's done. Mm-hmm. You, it's, this is an agreement. That's what you're doing. And that's what an honest person would do. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. I was just saying about the plan, though. Like, sometimes it, God doesn't work from a plan. He, he has his own plan. And if you are thinking about what you're going to do or what's to come, it's like you're not in the present and you're not doing oh, yeah. what's No, you're definitely you. supposed to keep that clear. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, another thing I noticed about the millennial that I go here is that when we first start getting millennials, they don't like a time clock. <laughs> They're like, oh, we don't like a clock. Can we just relax? They want a couch in the office. They want to be able to take a nap during the day. And, uh, but they don't like to clock in and out. I think this is why. But it's, I guess there seems to be pressure if they have to clock in and out. And millennials cannot handle pressure. So I said, okay, well, let's give it a try. I'm not accustomed to employees not punching in and out. Because it helped me to keep up with the time and all that kind of stuff. And so, but what I noticed, once we start doing it that way, they come in any time of day. They'll go to lunch and come back. And they'll text you, oh, I'm running late today. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I noticed that when they text you that they're running late, at the end of the day, they still clock out as though they did eight hours. They don't deduct the late time. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, where is this coming from? <laughs> how do you charge someone and you to do the work? And how do you feel good about yourself for doing it? But millennials got that bad. And I noticed now that we have a couch in the, in the main office in the back, James take nap during the day now. <laughs> right in the middle of the office, everybody's sitting there working. He'll just fall out on the couch. And he will have his cell phone first like this, looking at the cell phone. And then next thing you know, he's asleep. But James is not the person I'm talking about now because, believe me, he worked way beyond what he get paid. But it's just an example. That's the mentality of uh, millennials nowadays. Also notice when they come to work, they don't change clothes. They seem to have on the same clothes they had when they put on Monday. They still have it on on Friday. I'm like, don't you ever change clothes? (laughs) It's a millennial thing, though. It's just totally millennial. I don't see adults doing this. Anybody ever seen that? And they don't seem to shower. But I don't know. But anyway, that's a different story. Yes, sir. Are you a millennial? Yes, I'm one of the oldest ones. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so in my experience with working for employers, the way they, they look at it is that they pay me and all the other employees the bare minimum they can possibly get me to agree to. That's what employees are supposed to do. Right. We're not in business to make you rich. We're in business to get rich. Exactly. <laughs> so they're in business and considering only their needs. Right. And they're paying me as little as they possibly can. And uh, as little as they can get away with I wish and still I was get that the way. job done. 
So then isn't it fair that I would care more about me and I would do the least amount of work possible to get that money back? Isn't that an equal exchange? No. Why not? Because you make a promise for that little amount as whatever it may be, uh-huh. you're supposed to keep your promise. If when you when you register for the job, you're doing the interview period, yeah. if he makes you an offer for a certain salary and if you don't like the salary, don't take it. They say, No, I can't do it. The salary is too low. But uh so you would be wrong to accept whatever amount you're accepting and then don't don't do the job. Now you complain, well, I'm not doing this, I don't make enough money. Mm-hmm. That's your fault. Hmm. That makes sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Common sense, folks. I pay my folks a little bit better. Does Joel look hungry? <laughs> <laughs> but but whatever so if, if you don't like the money, don't take the job. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> Jesse, I, I've survived my adult life through mentors. And uh, one of the earliest mentors I had when I first started working told me that if I always viewed my employer not as a man but realized I was working directly for God, that I would always have success. And that's, yeah. that's always been true. Yeah, absolutely. I try to tell people to when you're working someone else's job, see it as your own. Whatever you're doing, because if you treat it as though it's your own, when you do go out on your own, you'll always be on, already be on a roll because you treat this person fair, then things will work out for you as well. Absolutely. That's a good point. I thought about that. Uh, or maybe I should tell them they're working as unto God, right? But nobody knows what that means, really. Working as unto God. I've seen so many Christians say that they were working as unto God. They're some of the meanest <laughs> thieving rise people I've ever seen as unto God <laughs> so but I think if you tell them that it's your own treat it as though it's your own then it will work better because eventually they, they can do whatever they learn there they can take it out and do it as their own business if if they treat it well and appreciate it if alright thank you um, amazing let me say this first and then I'll come to you guys uh, oh, to answer your question, I noticed that millennials cannot handle pressure. So when you go to them about, oh, why did you work overtime? Or oh, what were you doing, right? The millennial would take it personal. They would think that you are attacking right away. They don't realize the boss just keeping up with what's going on and want to know why were you here, right? They'll get mad. At, I'm not saying you did, but. I noticed that with millennials who come through here, and they'll get mad as though it's like, I'm like, we just talk about work. We're not talking about your mama. <laughs> this is not, it's just about work. Why did this happen? Oh, why, you know, this. But they take it all personal. It's the darndest thing I've ever seen. I've never had anyone, to, never had anyone to ask me about, my boss, to ask me about work, and I took the work questions personally. Now, they asked me about my Amerifro or something like that. That's a different story. But if they tell, if they tell you, you can't wear an Afro to work, that's a different story. No, I'm playing. But you're supposed to be able to communicate at work about work. Agree and disagree. Not get mad. And then now they're mad, you have to let them go. Because you have trouble. You can never trust an angry person. Yes. And then, here. It's, it's like, because... I've had the bosses that they try to kind of cook, I guess, to, to like kind of uh, cook the books a bit, a bit. 
Um, so like, because if I work on a Saturday, that would be a six day, and then there's some sort of overtime, double like time and a half type of thing. So they would have to pay me, not just overtime, but time and a half. So what my boss would always try to do is like, can you just bill like an extra hour on for each day on the weekday or something like that? So it's not as much. But then I'm trying to explain to him, no, because it's a first of all, it's wrong because I didn't work that extra hour. Right. And That's good. yeah, and then I would I'm entitled to that extra time and a half because I worked that that those exact hours. So it's like, I don't want to push back too far because then it's, you know, I don't want to lose my job. That's why it's so, best to get an understanding in the beginning. Right. Even if it's have to, you have to put it in writing because bosses forget what the agreement was, right? Right. So if it's something that you can put in writing so you can say, well, here's what you said. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole HR contract and everything that I signed when I started. So it's like, yeah, it's there. It's in writing. He just kind of wants to, like, keep his budget looking you know, looking good. We don't have him cheat. Yeah, well. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Do you get mad sometimes at your boss? I don't get mad. I it's ever since I've been trying to get into this whole new mind mindset. I don't. I haven't. I don't get mad easily. I do. I'm a little bit more patient about it now. I do try to talk it out more and try to come to some sort of understanding. But yeah. it's like one of those gut feelings where it's like I know I'm. I'm only doing like the right thing. I'm. I'm working these hours and I'm putting that in my time. Right. Why is that an issue, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I yeah. Okay. Amazing. The, the biggest problem is the cell phone situation. And um, whenever we get new people, the rule is when you're at work here, you can't be on the cell phone unless you use your cell phone for work. I know Dalai used his cell phone. You use your cell phone sometimes, right? He get guests for the fallen state, right? So sometimes he's doing it on his cell phone. But he made it clear I'm on this, um, sometimes on the cell phone for work reason. And so it's best to be clear so the boss doesn't think you're on the phone with your friends or watching some stupid video. So when we're working here, because people donate to us, they help us, I try to make sure we give them the service back. I don't want to uh, have a bunch of people not providing because it's like taking your money away from you and not really giving it. So I wouldn't like that. We say we will do this, you help us out, we want to do the job. Because even though those folks are not looking at you, it doesn't mean you're not stealing just because someone don't see you. So I have to make sure of that. And so far, every millennial, including Joel, that come through here, I had to get on about their cell phone. Isn't that right? Yeah, you did. But huh? I listened. You did, but I listened. Yeah, right. <laughs> he listened now, but he did in the beginning. <laughs> Sometimes I sneak up on him and you're on the cell. No. Has that ever happened? No. That's the same one time. One time. One time. I can name more than one. Except Joel doesn't get mad about it. He doesn't do it now because sometimes in the, in the studio I walk down the hall and he's in there recording something or making videos for the, for the company and I just stand there and look and he's like, I'm not on the cell phone. <laughs> so the rule is our company is a tough company to work for, too. It really is. It, you have to be ready for it. Because around here, and mostly guys anyway, and we don't tiptoe with each other. We say what we want to, you know, say, and we're honest, and all that kind of stuff. And when, there's, when there are issues in the office amongst the employees, in our staff meeting, we deal with those issues right then and there. So all this complaining and secret, talking about each other and all that will not happen. And I tell the employee, if someone comes to you with something, you tell them to go to that person. 
if they don't, they say, I'm going to tell them you said it. That way you don't get this gossip and stuff going on and, and all that kind of stuff. But I noticed for new people, when we deal like that, it's so hard for them to handle it. You can just feel the tension in the office. I'm like, wow, this feels good, right? <laughs> because it's, yeah, it's really hard to sit in an office with a bunch of people and deal with real issues. But after a while, you get used to it, and you become a better person as a result. Because nobody has a chance to spread rumors or lie. Because uh, in our office, someone says something about another person using a cell phone. And so I got them together to have a, a meeting about it. And they're like, why did you tell him? They told me because I own the company and should not be on a cell phone. Not doing work hours. See, we always try to find somebody that, so, to help you steal and lie and whatever they need to be doing in the office. So just be aware of that. Be right, do right, keep the word. You can't go wrong. Absolutely cannot go wrong. I know it's hard for you millennials, but try it. Give it a good try. Your nature will start to change. It reminds me of the politicians. You know how the politicians don't keep their word? We pay them. When they're campaigning, they lie to us. Vote for me and I'll do this and do that. Once they get in, they don't keep their word. And I know, I think it's because you guys have been educated from the same people, and plus your parents didn't tell you. Yes, ma'am. Well, just touching basis for what he said, I had kind of like a similar experience, in, like for my own. And I was, I, I just think that, as you say, millennials, I see it like millennials now, they are in this mindset of, of rebellion in a way. Rebellion too, because they think that, Somebody owes them something. It seems that a way. way. Uh, I, I'm saying it because that's how I felt. You know? Oh, you felt like the company owed you something? I felt like everybody owed me something. Really? Like I was entitled to See, all these is, things. Is that just like the politicians? Yeah, and uh, I know, but I, I, that's the thing. Like, it's something. I think it has to be with this concept of um, self empowerment and individuality in a way that has put a, that has been put in our heads. Yeah. So much that we think we need to rebel to something, like we always constantly to prove our point and rebel, and kind of like we lose lost trust of that God is gonna take care for you, right? No matter what, like even if they're doing it wrong to you, even if, if you're like really like they're really screwing it up for you, if you keep doing it right and you trust that God will put that like justice, it's not about you putting the justice. That's right. It's about him putting Absolutely. the justice and trusting. That's right. So that's what that's I think. That's an amazing point. Yeah, and that's what I think that I, in my periods of like growing up as a millennial, I, I came to know and experience, not just to like experience of myself, but seeing everybody around me acting upon this. I remember my, <laughs> I remember my friends going through the grocery shop and being like, oh, you know, like, I'm going to take this and I'm going to eat it and put it back then. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you doing that? And they're like, oh, because, you know, these people get so much money towards us and they're, like, doing this and that. I'm like, yeah, but that's not out of you to judge. It's out of everybody else, like, out of God to judge. Like, it's you don't have that power. That's it's right. kind of like what you were saying the yeah. last meeting about... Um, Judging people, yeah, and you don't have, you don't get that power. That's right. You just need to love, and that's it. Absolutely, like, that's not on you. Be honest, speak up, but don't hate. You can't exactly. judge. Exactly. Yeah. Very interesting. I, you remind me, I spoke at a high school event. It was like in California, where all the cities came together, schools came together, they had this convention, and I spoke there, 
And when I got up to speak, and I was telling it's online too, the kids started crying and running into the bathrooms, and they couldn't handle the truth, and these were high school kids. I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? They were literally hiding in the bathrooms. I'm like, they're not ready for the real world. And so they end up cutting, some liberal guy has spoken just before me. They listened to him all day, right? As soon as I got up, they couldn't handle it. They could not handle it. I didn't even know them. And that's bad. Because the real world is not like school. It's the real deal. You're not protected out there at all. That's why you better jump on the side of God. That's a very interesting point. I see it in the millennials. I've been wondering, what, what's missing in this half? Well, we're trying trust. to get it back. It's trust. Yes. Here at that dollar, right after y'all ain't done. In there. Okay. Hello. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. I know that you have lived more life than I have. And so... God made me and then he made dirt. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, I think I made dirt so Jesse can walk on it. (laughs) All right. In your experience from watching your peers do you feel that people who live this way where they are trying to do two things at once do you believe that when they attain what they were really seeking what they were really trying to do do you feel that those people lose that because of the way that they pursued it or do you think sometimes it works out for them because we live in the world well, one thing for sure, if you're not seeking first the kingdom of God in his right way, you're going to lose for everything else. You may gain all the wealth, all you may live in Beverly Hills, you may have all fancy friends, but you're still lonely, lost, unhappy. You still get sick, you still have suicidal thoughts, you still have that. But when I was growing up, they always, most people, not all, they, they, went, they, they looked for the kingdom first because that was talked about. And we saw other examples of that. And so those people, they live long lives. And when they die, they died at peace. That's why, you know, really, when I was growing up, the older people, like my grandfather and grandmother, they didn't even want to live with their children. They wanted to live on their own because they had the peace within that they didn't want to impose on others. They loved being by themselves. They didn't want to rely on others. But today's people are not like that because they're not relying on God. They're relying on the world. And that's what's going to happen to millennials if they don't overcome that. You got to... One thing I realized about that, too, is that millennials think that material things are so important. And white people think it, too. That's why they're afraid to speak up for fear of being called racist. Material things are not that... It's only there for your use. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's there for someone to be able to threaten you that if you speak up, I'm going to take your thing away from you. You shouldn't have that kind of relationship with it. So when I was growing up, they didn't have a relationship with things like that where they were afraid to speak up. You know, and millennials and white people have that really bad now. 
If you probably, if you say, well, if you speak up, you're a racist, or I'm gonna take your job. Most people won't speak up. They remind me of the rich young ruler in the Bible. He was doing very, very well, had a lot of money. He went to Harvard and to Stanford, and he went to Georgetown, and he got all the degrees, so he gained a lot of wealth. And so he saw Jesus walking down the road, everybody behind him. Jesus had peace. He was smiling. And Jesus was white, so he had his hair done. And um, <laughs> they're like, white Jesus, white Jesus, you look happy. <laughs> you don't look like you're afraid to speak up. You're not afraid of words. Said, How may I get that? He said, oh, that's nice. Put down your wealth. Go sell your wealth and follow me. And he's like, no, I can't do that. And he went his other way. And that's what's happening in the world right now. People value material things more than they value what is right. Not knowing that if you love what is right, you're going to always have what you need. Because he won't leave you homeless or leave you alone. He will take care of you because you're his son or daughter. So they got it all messed up. Material things are not that important. It's nice to have it for use purposes. I think what's challenging, I'm not sure if this is on, but I think what's challenging for me... A little louder for me? I think what's challenging for me is that when when young people in my age group are trying to build something for themselves and they're doing it while they're at work, like you were saying... Yeah. I I know these people because I am one of them. Yeah. And it's not a spe- spirit of entitlement. It's a spirit of um, pressure. When you said the thing about not doing well under pressure. Yeah. My experience with millennials is they are extremely well under pressure because they feel it more than previous generations because there's so much comparison. There, there's so many more ways to compare us to one another because of social media. Yeah. And so the pressure is on more than it's ever been before. But they're not dealing with it properly. We're supposed to have pressure. Pressure makes us grow. It's just that pressure is not supposed to enter inside because if it goes in, it will destroy you. But if it's out here, you're doing... We got to move by December, right? So I'm under pressure right now to really find a place to get it done. But I really don't feel it inside. It's just that I know I got to be out of here a certain time, so I'm doing what I got to do. But if I was in that fallen state, I would be like nuts right now. We'd be able to sleep or anything, right? But I'm like, the other day I couldn't believe it. Like, wow, it's so nice not to be worried about this. Just to do what I can do every day and don't worry about it. So pressure is good, but it's never supposed to enter inside you and make you wake out. Thank you. You ever heard the word wig out? I think that's like trip out. But uh, are you are you able to handle pressure? That's a no. That's as long as no. Actually, (laughs) hey Simon. Actually, I haven't responded yet. Wow, amazing. I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) 
I think the bigger question is, is pressure able to handle me? Is pressure able to handle you? Yes. Uh, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by can pressure handle you? Um, I think what you talk about so often and so well is understanding the power that God gives us when we forgive other people. Absolutely. And when we lay down our anger and allow God to carry that. Yes. And um, so when Bring you your mic understand, back up. I don't think it's working. Yeah, it's working. We just don't have to speak on. I, I think when you understand your identity, then you understand that everything that you face falls at the feet of Jesus and that he goes before you. He got it. It'll work. That's right. Absolutely. You know, there's a verse, Exodus 14, 14, that says the Lord will fight for you. You need yes. only be still. Absolutely. And that's so comforting. It's so amazing how if you don't overreact to anything, because things come right away to make you overreact. You know, someone call you up and say, oh, your alarm is going off at your house. Right away, say you come and say, somebody broke in. The house on fire. He'll give you something to react to just like that. And the moment you react to that, everything seems impossible. It seems crazy, right? But if you just have the attitude, I'm going to wait and see, to go and take care of the problem, and just let things say it's crap, it'll be amazing what will happen, how you will grow from it. Because it doesn't seem like it, but he's working it out for you. Really. And Satan doesn't want you to know that because he doesn't want you to have faith in God. He wants you to have faith in him. But everything is weird has already been worked out. It doesn't seem that way, but it's been worked out. And what God would do is he put an a invisible bubble around you so that the world can't get to you. He really does. And you start noticing, wow, I'm not overreacting. This, this used to be important to me. It's not important anymore. Or they call me a name, and it just rolls off my back. It doesn't make sense that somebody can hurt you with a word. In the older days, they said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but word would never hurt me. No one could be hurt. Well, not no one. Most people could not be hurt with words. Now it's illegal to use words. <laughs> words are offensive. Words are traumatizing. All that crap. You got to be weak to be traumatized by a word. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So y'all, you got to come out of this. Let me take uh, here, and then I'll come back in there. And there. Uh, so I work for Jesse part-time, and I work the hours you pay me part-time, and I work a lot of extra, too. And I will admit, during some of the extra hours, I have used it to take care of personal stuff. And I didn't think that that was stealing time from you because I'm working the time that well, you're Well, your extra me. hours are, are your own hours. Those are the ones but, you do yourself because you don't get paid for that anyway. Well, right. But after hearing this, I was going to say I, I probably shouldn't – I should leave, go do that somewhere else rather than doing it here, so – Guilty. <laughs> but I didn't think that's really time up. theft. But No, as long as you're not on, I know that you work part-time, right? Right. And so as long as you, I, I don't want to have to keep an eye on you. Right. As long as you're not working, you can do what you want to do. And you can do it here. You don't have to leave. Oh. It's just that 
human beings need to be honest and fair because they, if you promise somebody you're going to do something, you need to do it. If you yeah. can't do it, you need to be honest about it. But don't worry, Dylan, you do, Dylan, no. you're doing fine. Okay. He's telling on himself. <laughs> I thought you were on the phone with business calls. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. Uh, yes, Raymond. Jesse, I noticed that a lot of the young people, or so-called millennials, have the problem of having their own uh, sense of self-respect, respect, as if they were willing. Uh, they're so weak they're willing to uh, sell their souls for a few p- uh, crumbs of bread. At least when I was growing up, even the worst of us were supposed supposed to bro- uh, bromides to help uh, help us build some sense of character. Like for example, the old saying. The world does not run on CP time. That um, at least there was a chance, a chance to build our own. Character. Have you overcome the anger for your mother? Uh, uh, I believe I yes I did. You believe or did you? Yes, I did. So you don't have more anger? Huh? No, I don't. Uh, I don't believe I do. Do you have anger? Okay, I'll be honest. I do have anger. <laughs> Amazing. We love you. We love you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Amazing. All right, we're just stopping that. Um, here. I think it's 100% true. Like, I see it for myself, 100% true. When I did what is right, which I did what was right in my situation, everything just came... It, 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 what was your situation? I, well, a year ago, I came here because I wanted to stop smoking weed. And I, my situation, pot smoker? Yes, was, did you yes. smoke up all your pot before you stopped? Or you? I think so. I think I did. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is my last little bit. I'm going to stop after this one. <laughs> so, I was smoking a lot of weed, and I uh, came here. and That's amazing. I'm not accustomed to girls smoking weed. It seems odd when I hear ladies say they smoke weed. Yeah. Well, and so in, when I came here, uh, you had asked me, you know, have you forgiven your mother, father? And I had. I had no issues right. with them. Then you asked me, who are you angry at? And it was at my boyfriend at that time. And so you said, why are you living with somebody, you know, when you guys are not married? And we had a son together. And, you know, we had a child out of wedlock. And it's taken me a year. I've been wanting to separate and... Um, because I knew in my heart just something wasn't right. Yeah. And um, it, it finally got very clear to me that I was the one doing, that I'm allowing myself to be in a bad situation. Like, I'm the one that's causing this. Absolutely. And I'm the one that's in a relationship with somebody that doesn't really want to be in a relationship with me. Because if he did, he would do what's right and would have made it, made it so. And so um, that came very clear to me. And... Um, I, I I confronted the situation. I dealt with it. I, I I dealt with it, and when I dealt with it, you know, he realized he didn't want to be in the relationship with me, and he wanted to leave. Um, now, what was interesting? Amazing. When you do what's right, yeah. okay, everything is given to you. Like everything's been given to me, and I haven't had to ask for it, and I haven't had to um, fight for it for myself. And right on. A good example of it was two examples. One. When I, um, he had said, I'm going to leave, but then he wasn't leaving. So I finally held him accountable to his word. And I said, you know, if you're a man, I would get my suitcase and 
pack everything and leave. And when I said that, it was like the, uh, the fuse was lit. And all of a sudden, all these words started coming at me of, like, trying to hurt me. Yeah. However, I wasn't doing this because of my ego. I wasn't breaking up with him because I want to be a single woman and I need a man or any of that. I was doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, I know. And because I was doing it for the right reasons, I was, like, in that moment just listening to everything. And it was like a movie. Like a movie. Like watching a movie. Yes. And seeing him react that way didn't affect me at all if anything i had so much compassion that i stayed as quiet as i could right i stayed out of his way i allowed him to make the mess that he made in my house and i just let everything happen and he even took my son like he's like that's you know what because of this i'm taking my my son i'm leaving right and i said you know what i i that's i understand i said i have to pay the price for what i'm doing that's and i'm right. willing to do it for what is right. That's right. You could take him, take him out. That'd be I don't have to take care of him. And and I and he and he did. And the crazy part of all of this is, you know, a couple of days pass, and then I get a call, and he was understanding, and he totally saw it for himself. And he um, he didn't apologize, but he recognized that he was saying things out of anger. Yeah. He also, and then that happened, and then he, um, uh, my son, out of his own free will. Um, realized that he didn't want to be behind, set behind in school, and he wanted to come home. And because uh, he, w- I, I had to go to the principal and tell her, look, I don't know if my son's coming back right. because it, out of anger and all of that, he took him, and I wasn't sure what, what the plan was. Um, so uh, on before the week was in, I before the week ended on Friday, my son came in at like five in the morning and took a shower. And mom, let's go. I got to go to school, and he's staying with me now. And I didn't even ask for that. I didn't even like say, right. "Hey, I'm going to get child support on you. You're going to get cussed. none of that stuff." I was like, Amazing. "Whatever." And 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 then the other thing too, I was able to tell him, the father, that look, I have no anger towards you. If anything, it's so important that you're successful in life because you're going to set the example for my son. That's if right. there's anything I'm doing yeah. or anything I'm not doing that's Finally. getting in the way, I want to I want to um, tell me because I don't want to be a cause for your lack of success. So tell me if I'm in the way or if I'm not in the way, whatever it is, I'm here for you. And I did that. And um, he hugs me. Like, he hugged me. And, like, he came to me. He hugged me. I didn't hug him. And Make sure he don't hold you too long. Though. No, no. But it, it, like, it, okay, that's enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want me to draw you back in. Well, I, 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 I'm a little conflicted. Don't be like, oh, hold me a little longer. I, I was a little conflicted. You don't love me. Um, so and and then so that happened and then it just seemed like everything just fell in order i have my son i have the respect of his father or i think i have the respect of his father and i not only that but i had a part-time job i have a part-time job i went on an interview on wednesday and because of a friend i posted on facebook that i was looking for a job and a friend reached out and said hey call this one guy and i called that one guy and this one guy is a it makes you know is very successful and needs somebody to you know help him with this business and now I have a full time job and I can pay my bills and I didn't have to worry about anything yeah. nothing I didn't plan it you haven't seen anything yet and I and I because and I God realized, love you and he would he love you more than your earthly father could ever love you and he would take care of you and I have to say. Uh, there was a conversation I had a couple weekends ago with one of the fellows here, and um, he told me about the story of, I guess, Abraham and Ishmael. Ishmael, and I'm sorry, I don't know 
I don't know. Well. But something of the nature where he, he had, a, had a child no, and it, it wasn't with his wife. It was some, with somebody else. And the wife got jealous and asked them to leave. And I guess uh, God had provided for them on a, like a, like some kind of rock, gave them water. And, and that story is about, look, when you do right, God will provide. And yeah. I see it with my own eyes in my own life. And Amazing. Well, I'm glad you finally did the right thing. Yeah, I did. I know it was hard before. Right on. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. And it feels clear. I feel yeah. clear. I feel like you said, it gets right better. Your feet. The one thing I want you to know is that for each and every one of his children, your life is already laid out. It really is. And that's why you, you don't have to seek your purpose and all that crap. It'll find you. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. It'll take care of you. You don't have to worry about yesterday. It doesn't exist. If you just live now, your life is all, he wouldn't draw you back unto him if he did not or had not planned to take care of you. He got your life laid out for him, for you. But you got to stay out of here so you don't doubt. You got to, uh, and I like uh, uh, what you said about how you were able to let your son go with his father, right? That means that we're not supposed to attach to anything. Don't become attached to nothing nobody, no thing. Because if you attach yourself to it, it owns you. It will control you, and you won't be able to do right because you're afraid of losing it, or you're afraid of not having enough, or you're afraid of this or that. Just let it come and go, and you'll have the most amazing life. Don't be attached to anything. When my son came back to me, and he was all acting out, and I let him act out, I'm like, all right, I understand it. I'm sorry for what happened, blah, 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 right? And he just kept acting out. So I finally put him out. I'm like, you got to go. He ran up my telephone for one thing. And you don't run up my telephone bill, right? Not at the house. And so I let him go, and then he thought about it. Time passed, and, and now he has his own home. He has his own family. He, I mean, everything is fine because he realized what I was telling him was true. He had to learn the hard way. He had to suffer. But he just bought a big, beautiful home down in Atlanta, Georgia, somewhere down there, and things are well. You got to let things go, even if it's your own children. When they become adults, you got to let them go. And women, you don't own them. Don't follow them to Mexico. (laughs) Don't follow them to West Hell. Oh, one other thing. Right here. uh, One other thing I want to put out there and get a little feedback about that I've noticed about millennials, right? And this is about the men, because I think the women kind of take care of themselves. They have other issues, but look like they are able to hold on to a job and get a little place to live in and buy some food and all that. But I noticed that millennial men are not able to take care of themselves. They don't seem to know how to be out there, be tough, be a man. When I first came at 18 and when I moved out on my own, I made some horrible mistakes. I lived in a roach-infected hotel. It had so many roaches, I'm sure I had some for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> it did. But I, I, I didn't want to go backwards. I didn't want to go back home, and I didn't want to rely on anyone. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I got me a couple of jobs. I lived happily in the roach-infested. Matter of fact, when I would get home and eat, I would say, hello to the roaches. <laughs> How are y'all today? <laughs> 
because I was just happy to have my own place and be doing it. At that time, we used to hitchhike on the freeway. You know, if you want to get a ride, you put your thumb up and get a ride. And I did that a lot, and I got all kind of threats. I didn't know what was going on, right? But I was making stupid mistakes. But yeah, I learned from them. I didn't, I didn't say I can't make it. I knew I could make it on my own as a man. Men are, supposed, men are supposed to be able to make it. Otherwise, how will you ever take care of a woman and children? But the men are relying on the women. That's abnormal. That's totally abnormal. If you're having a rough time growing up in life and you're out there on your own, be grateful for that. Get two or three jobs. You know, stay in a rat hole until you're able to get on your own. And you'll grow from it. The pressure of that will pull you out of it. It really will. And it'll be amazing what God would do for you. That makes sense? All right. Yes, sir. First of all, thank you for giving us the resolution. We've been following that saga this whole year. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's amazing to hear that. I know, it, man. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, just on your first uh, topic, I wanted to shed a little light. It's actually being promoted in corporate America. Are you a millennial? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, on the older side. Um, but it's being promoted to let your employees um, be on and off of their phone throughout the day, and they have all these experts that are giving them studies to say that, oh, it helps them be more productive because they're happier and they're connected. So just... Uh, I heard that before. Yeah. That is dumb. It's, it is. <laughs> That's destroying you. That's not making you happy. You're just happy for a moment. When you get out in the real world, you're not going to be happy. Yeah. It's overcoming the tough times that make you happy. Not, that's too bad. That's why you can't listen to these people with degrees. They are some of the dumbest people I ever see. But yet, a whole lot of folks pay a whole lot of money and listen to these people. You can't do that. Not, you have your own common sense. Listen to what is right within yourself. Absolutely. I'm telling you, you can't go wrong. James, where's James? Right here. You have anything for me? Yeah. Okay. Did I see it other hands or I got everybody? Okay. Yes, James. One guy asks, what about workplace relationships, since you're talking about work? What, what does that mean? Uh, getting a girlfriend or a boyfriend from At work. At work? Yeah. Don't do it. Don't date where you eat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Now, if you work for a big company and maybe she work across over the other building and you work in another building, maybe then. <laughs> because when you go to lunch, if everybody meet up in the same cafeteria at lunch, you are not allowed to even look up at anybody walk past. Why are you looking at her or why are you looking at him? Right. Don't do it. I, I wouldn't recommend it. I would not recommend it. Have you all ever heard, don't work when you eat? I mean, don't date when you eat. <laughs> Anybody ever done that? Oh, how did it go? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Don't do it. I don't recommend it. I know a lot of people are doing it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. Another person asks, okay. he says, I'm black from Africa. He black. I want to get married. I want to get married, but the traditional stuff is very expensive. Should I just get married at the courthouse anyway? Yes. I wouldn't be spending all my money getting married. It's just going to last for a minute. 
and he spent all the money. I, I'm talking to a friend, of, a friend of mine right now. I had seen him in a long time, and then I ran up on him at the gym. He all stressed out. He lost weight. He like, well, Jesse, I'm engaged. He's living with his girlfriend. Uh, and she spent $13,000 already on a wedding, and they can't even afford it at all. He doesn't want to do it. He'd rather take the money to buy a house. He said, well, you know how ladies are. They want a big wedding. I'm like, never marry one that's want a big wedding. It, it made more sense to take the money and buy a house with. You know, they already have one child out of wedlock, but he's too weak to say no to her. I said, man, you're going to suffer if you give in to this. Call up the, the wedding place and get your money back. <laughs> He's like, no, I can't do that. She'll get mad. I don't care. Get your money back. That doesn't make sense. And, you know, you can have a little wedding thing. Have you noticed that the marriage ball thing doesn't last more than five minutes? And then you can have a reception later. Have some friends over, some folks over, have a nice little dinner and be done with it. And then next year when you have your divorce, you can afford it. <laughs> Keep it simple. It's all ego, really. He said this woman want to invite 100 people, and he can't even afford it. He has two jobs. He's stressed out. And he's really a nice guy, but he can't stand up to her. It's amazing. You're supposed to lead, man. And the women will follow. They'll come, kick, you know, kicking and screaming, but they'll follow. And then about 50 years just before you die, they'll wake up. All right? Last one. And then you'll die. Yes. Should I break up with my girl because she wants to send our future child to daycare instead of raising him or her at home? She wants to have a career before being a mother. Thumbs down. But I can't answer that because I don't know if he's married or not. No, he's no, he's his girlfriend. I don't understand why guys would want to marry a woman that you already see that you can't control, you can't handle. At this last wedding we did a couple of weeks ago, when I got to the lady, you know, I asked the man, "Do you promise to love and cherish and treat this woman right?" And you're making these promises unto God, and the guy said, "Yes." So when I got to the woman, do you promise to love and obey? I repeated obey like three or four times. <laughs> do you promise to obey? Yes. Obey. <laughs> yes. Obey. And I kind of looked around at her little educate, educated friends, and they were rolling their eyes. They were not liking that. And the guy told me the other night, he was here Thursday night, he was like, they didn't like the obey thing. They were like, what are you talking about, obey? Why, I would never marry a woman that would not obey me. Because all you're going to have is conflict. And there's no such thing as equal. We're not equal to God. He's over us. And if we don't obey him, he let us suffer. So if your wife, if the woman, your wife don't obey you, let her suffer. I, I did a wedding recent, a while back now, and the woman promised to obey. And a year later, they had divorced. I said, well, what happened? I thought you promised to obey. I didn't really mean it. Well, I didn't know it meant that or something like that. But she made the promise to obey a Christian woman, too. Don't marry a Christian woman. <laughs> 
Yes, sir. That's it, James. Yeah, that's it. I have some super chats that we can read on the show tomorrow. Oh, okay. Right here. Do your wife obey you? Yes. Your wife obey you? Yes. She just started since last Sunday or something? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's getting more e- it's getting more easier. Oh good, man. Yeah. So we're talking about the the workplace and I work for a big uh, company and um, I wanted to go ahead and share the technology because I'm glad you said about a angry person cannot be trusted. Right. So because I forgave my father last week i went to go see him and I, right on and i forgave him i said dad you know um i forget you know i forgive you for not teaching me you know manly things and i have to figure stuff out yeah but i would be angry so and it's true what you said about how the enemy comes in uh he tries to get you he tries to break break you down absolutely so i'll be going to work and i've been working for the same company for 20 years okay and I just praise God on that because God gives you what he can handle. And I'm not very te- – I'm not like a millennium person that's very um, uh, technical about things, technology about the computers. Let me just add to that, but don't forget your thought. When he said that God gives you only what you can handle, is so true. The challenges that you're going to face in life, in that very moment, you can handle those challenges. You really can. It doesn't feel like it at the time, especially if you live in your head. But whatever is happening right there and there, you can handle it. Just don't freak out about it. And then when you don't freak out, you're ready for the next one and the next one. And you're being made stronger and stronger and perfect and perfect. He's only going to give you what you can handle. So no matter what it is, it's like when she took the risk to let her son, son go with the father. She would not have been able to do that if God didn't know that she couldn't handle it. She was ready to deal with it. And look what happened. Everything you're dealing with, you can't handle it. You just have to stop overreacting. All right? And then that shows faith in God. Yes. Amen. Amen. So going back to the technology in the workplace, I mean, because technology is moving so fast, so rapid, and I work for a big company. So they're always looking at how, how they can save money on the processes. And I get frustrated because I'm not very you know, computer literate. Right. So, but the scripture that over supersedes that is I can do all things through Christ, all things through Christ that strengthens me. So if we have the Lord in front of us, we will never move backwards. We're always, he's always going to give us what we can handle. And if he takes care of the birds of the earth, and if you, if you don't believe me, go to McDonald's and drop a french fry, and you're going to see those little birds eating that french fry Amazing. right there. That's how much, he's, how much more are we worth to him. But I do want to add, though, the only way that's going to happen is you must be born again. Really. you got to, before you enter into the kingdom so that that can happen, you got to forgive. You cannot enter into the kingdom with anger because that's the nature of Satan. And once you let that anger go by going and forgiving, everything changes. It really does. Then all what, what the young man just said will come to light. It will be so amazing. It does exist. It is real. But you must be born again. And born again doesn't mean accepting Jesus. It means going and forgiving and stop playing God. And because when you stop playing God, when you admit you're wrong, you admit it to your sin. The sin is playing God. When you hate your fellow man or anyone, you're playing God. We are not allowed to hate. 
You cannot hate. No matter what happens, you cannot hate. Speak up, but don't resent. And you will enter in, and your life is laid out for you, it will start to happen. And it's nothing like what you think it is. You can't even imagine. That makes sense? But you got to let go. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, you're right, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Hey, I have a... Uh... Oh, did you forgive your mother? Yes. You went to her? Actually, she's deceased, but I'm working, oh, on, okay. I'm working on myself. The channel getting rid of any anger issues or... Oh, okay. Um, we just realized she can help herself. Uh, and then once you realize that by getting to know yourself, because the way you are is the way she was. You have her, even though she's dead, she still lives in you. And so when you can see that, knowing that, wow, I'm just like my mother, I can't help myself, it will help you to see that your mother can help herself, and that will cause you to forgive her. But you got to see it in you so you can overcome it. I was raised by my mom because my dad was always um, drinking. He was like a big drunk. So he was always drinking and filling the void. But that's not a reason to hold on to her. Yes. Let her go. Become a man. All right? Okay. Yes, sir. Hey, Jesse, you say that uh, when you grew up, it was back when men were men and boys were boys. Yes. So all the men were men back then. Why did they let our country go to hell, get taken over by, like, evil idiots? I believe it started with the women's movement. And once they start taking over and passing laws and complaining, I think that that's when it really started downhill. It was a big mistake for men to give in to that. But I think that's when it started. Why would they, if they were men and they knew what they were doing, why would they give in and make a big mistake like that? Well, they're all dead now, and their son didn't keep it going. Yeah? Yeah. So Life was up, and my son now, because he's seen me, he doesn't hate me now. He is now developing into the son of God that he should be. Yeah. So he's handling his situations the way that they should. But for some reason... I don't know what happened to those folks. Uh, I know all the old people that I knew, most of them are dead, maybe all, right? Yeah. But I think it w- with the women's movement, men just start giving in and like, oh, yeah, women were, were not allowed to vote. Like, that's important or something, right? And they turn their, t- their wives over to the government, to the corporate world, to colleges and things like that. And it just been downhill. So, you know, like related to that, too, so that's like on the political level. Yeah. But what about the family? But families? the political level is spiritual level as well. Everything yeah. is spiritual. So you think that's why, like, it seems to me that the previous generation, like, we're talking about the millennials this morning, and the millennials were raised by the parents that came in the generation before. Right. But by the, the time they came along, the millennials seemed like their parents were already wiped out. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, oh, it seems like there was a the whole kids, generation of yell. parents. Yeah. They got, like, wiped out. Yeah. They didn't know how to be parents. Right. Why did that happen? This pot smoking. Remember they used to have these big <laughs> events? Like the yeah, hippies stock. and stuff? What is, yeah, Woodstock. And, and then with the black people, the government became the daddy, and the so-called leaders became the head of the people. And I know that's how they went down to hell in a handbasket. But with the white folks... It was smoking pot and love child and being stupid, that kind of thing. And the men just kind of gave up. But one good thing about it, white men are still holding on a little bit, and that's what's keeping us going. Uh, but if they ever get all of them, 
and they're really trying to by calling them white supremacists and all that kind of stuff. If they can get rid of the white man, it's over. Yeah. It really is. So they got to stop caving to all this stuff. Speak do you up. Think, what, do you think we're going to be able to undo the, the women's movement thing that kind of like wrecked us? Yeah. Because when you guys wake up, you're not going to have fear. You're going to be guided by perfect love. And the women are waking up. They're going to be guided by perfect love. And good will always defeat evil. And God doesn't need a lot of folks to do it. He will work with one person, you know, two people against a thousand. So, yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It'll be fine. Good question, man. Uh, yes, sir. I'm actually stealing his question. We talked about this earlier. Um, the Adamel. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Oh, white, white people always stealing. <coughs> they stole the black music. They stole the land from the engines. Peanut, peanut butter. <laughs> I heard James talking about they have Indian in their family, in the blood or something. And I was thinking, why everybody got Indians? Because when I was growing up, my grandmother is part Indian, and we have Indian in us. And so I'm like, wow, I wonder is it better to have Indian in you or white people? Which is better, James? <laughs> All right, go ahead, man. Uh, Jesse, was there ever a time in your life when you lost your faith? Not since I've been born again. Before 30 that? 30 years, I've not lost it. But prior to that, when I accepted Jesus, the kind of thing that I, did, I had no faith. So I never lost it because I didn't have it back then. But once I was born again 30 years ago, I have. You can't lose it. It's impossible because what happens is, what a nice question. What happens is, once you wake up, you're going to see the difference between the deceiver's voice and uh, his voice. And when you're going to learn, you're going to see just by observing it, right? And after a while, you just don't believe in that anymore. But the most important thing, once you wake up, you never hate again. So it's impossible to lose faith because you got perfect love. And perfect love casts out doubt. I hoped with all my heart you would say that, exactly that. Thank you. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Ask before. Did you, have you lost doubt since no. waking up? Oh, uh, yeah, I lost it. I mean, have you lost faith since waking up? No, no. Are you sure? No, I uh, You were like, no. I, no, no. I, I went down. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I used to go to the stadium churches with the giant Megatron and, uh, yeah. you know, the pastor that drive drives a Corvette kind of place. So since you have been awakened, since you have awakened, you've never doubted. It's it's not that. It's not that. I, I used to have a counterfeit faith that was a crutch. Well, I mean, like, since you've been hearing about me, you went and forgave. Well, no, I, you... I'm recognizing now that it's not something you have to try for. It's something that you submit to instead. Yeah. So have you doubted since waking up? No. For some reason, I don't believe you. So you're in pain, and but for real, how no, do you not doubt? in that way. Not that I'm debating whether or not God exists. Not not anything like that. It's uh, it's it's more that I I want to know more. I I want to submit to being closer. And what does that feel like to want that? It's the best hunger or thirst I've ever experienced. So you have not found it there. You have not awakened because what I want you to know, once you wake up, you're home. 
you have found it. And so that that you were thirsting after had been taken care of. You no longer have to thirst because you're now his son, and now you just grow. The, the thirst gives me faith that when I finally do go over the waterfall. So you have not gone over yet? No. But why were you saying you had and you had not? Well, yes, if I, if I had faith. I said, have you ever doubted? Yeah, I, I became a complete atheist. Right now? No, no. When did you wake up? In the last year. And since in, within the last year, have you doubted? No. Why are you like you in pain? <laughs> you look like... <laughs> You've never doubted within a whole year, entire you've not doubted. I haven't doubted the existence. I have. I didn't ask about the existence. Have you had doubt? Have you doubted at all within a year? No, I just try to decide whose version I'm going to accept. What does that mean? There's a thousand different. Who version of what? Of God. I don't know what you're talking about. Because once you're born again, that's not even part of your nature or thinking anymore. You're receptive to the Father. You're back at home. Right. Well, I was baptized Catholic. Well, I'm just talking about within the year. Right, right, right. He's quiet right now. Okay, y'all don't see him out there. Yeah, it's, uh, there's not a lot of times I'm without words. I know. So what? So you have not found what you've been looking for. That's what the problem is. Because once you find it, total peace. I, I admit that. And, and it's impossible to doubt. I, I feel that. You feel what? I feel that once, once I submit to it, that it's impossible to ever lose it. Not again. once you submit. Once you admit you're wrong. Don't submit. Just admit you're wrong. And that's what all he requires for you to know that. You're wrong for playing God. That's the pain you're seeing. It's hard for you to admit you're playing God? Not, not much less now. It's hard to admit you're playing God? There's no such thing as much less. It's either yes or no. I am playing God or no, I'm not playing God. Where do you stand? Man, your wife and your friend are on edge right now. Ah, yeah, I know. The wife is like, and the friend is like, somebody rooting for you. <laughs> it's just, uh, like I said, wh whose version of God is it going to be that I hold? It ain't about whose to? version. Seek the kingdom within. It's not about the world version of God or what you've been taught about God. And it's not about any of that stuff at all. You're seeking God. And I forget about all the who's virgin and who this and all that crap. That's in your way. It is. Is it hard to overcome that? Apparently so. Um, are you doing the silent prayer? Yes. Every day? No. Well, suffer. <laughs> Y'all should tell me right away, I don't do the silent prayer. And then I'll have to waste time. Why don't you do it? <laughs> Because only God can bring you to that. You have to see you're wrong so you can repent for playing God, and he got you. Yeah. But why don't, why don't you do the silent prayer morning and night? 
earlier in my my searches, I went to a, a Buddhist temple, and the meditation that we practiced is verbatim. But this is not this is optimist. You don't meditate on anything. No, no, no. I understand that. But what they called it is exactly almost verbatim what you prescribed for it, and I and I love it, and 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 I and I'm getting more accustomed to it. But it's a. Uh, it's not. It's not easy. What's not easy? Uh, submitting my intellect to that. Oh, you mean being still? Yeah. And so it's hard to overcome this. No. Yeah. It feels like a struggle. And oh, I see. Now you make it sense. It's like it's like going to the gym. You know, you gotta you gotta be there, want it, and work for it. And it right. feels it feels that way. Yeah. I know it's not supposed to. Um, don't struggle with it at all. There's nothing you can do about it. It's spiritual, right? And human beings cannot do anything about the spirit. No. So don't fight with it. Don't struggle with it. Don't judge yourself. Just sit there and do it and just be aware of how all these different thoughts are coming. Uh, you're overwhelmed with them at times. Sometimes you have few. Sometimes you have one or two. Sometimes you have, just observe. You're sitting at the gate and just observing, waiting for the king to come through, right? But you're not thinking on it. You're not trying to make them come by. You're not trying to make yourself see. You're just watching the people come and go. So that's all you're doing with the thoughts. And then he, he will do the rest. You can't put anything into it yourself at all. Then of ourselves, we can do nothing. And of ourselves, we know nothing. So accept that and just let it be. If you struggle with it, you're going to end up in a ditch. I know that. And I just think that. about it. What can you, you can't, how are you going to struggle with the spirit? Okay. That makes sense? Too much. So just relax and do it and sit there, watch, and if Satan so show you all kind of crazy stuff, just watch it. It's, it's, oh, I was just thinking this morning, it's interesting how within us is a not us and a us, meaning that this thing is not us that's made a home in us, right? Remember, Paul said, I realized there's nothing I can do. This thing made a home in me. And so he realized he couldn't, he couldn't change anything. So he just let go and became aware. And that's when things start to change because only God can change it. So after a while, this not you will be taken out of you. And that's that thing you talk to and you listen to and you believe is, your, is you. It's really the intellect of Satan and not of God. His intellect is greater than Satan. It'll rise, bring you above that. I was looking at a, one of those um, shows where, documentary, and they had these intellectual college professors doing seminars at some school, college, and they were asking about the Bible, and they were talking about, they, some of them said, and some disagreed, they don't know why anybody get into the Bible to remember it because the Bible is not even the original Bible. And through the years, it's been changed so much, or people forget to put certain things in, or they deliberately take things out. And I believe he said, Jesus spoke Aramaic or something like that. But when the Bible was translated, it was translated into uh, another language. Greek. Yeah, Greek. So it's just been all messed up, right? But the people like love the Bible, never find the truth in their hearts. Uh, the word is in our heart. That's why Christ said, you know, make the word flesh. It's in your heart, and no man can change that. And so there's nothing you can do. Just relax. 
and see that you're wrong, and he'll take care of it. I think I've been seeing it as something that you earn. No, you can't earn it. No. How are you going to earn it? I'm not. you got to take out the trash more than once. <laughs> <laughs> you can't earn this. You don't even, only God see that you, he wants you to have it, because you don't really deserve it. None of us deserve it, really. And for, for some reason, he has this love that surpasses all our understanding. So he see us differently than we see one another. So it's he who decides who's going who's gonna to have it. But even with me, I don't, I, don't, I don't see where I deserve it. That's why it's so mind-blowing. I don't see where I deserve it. I'm like, wow, I don't understand you. Look at me and you. You just, over the years, you just give me so much insight. It's so amazing. I can see the world now. Whereas before, I didn't see the world. But I thought I did, right? But you, with my naked eyes, my human eyes. But now I can literally see the world without even looking for it. It's just so weird. And that's what's going to happen to you, but you got to let go and let him do it. You just see that you're wrong for hating. So when, when Moses was taking the Jews out of Egypt, a bunch of them wanted to stay behind, and they, they argued that in Egypt they had the flesh pots. And there were these pots where the Egyptians would throw their scraps, and the Jews would survive off of that, and they, they didn't want to go where they weren't sure they were going to get that. And so they resisted. So are you saying that's how you are now? I think that's it. I'm still holding on to attachments. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but you got married, right? Yeah. Your wife needs you. I know. She really needs you to lead her because you stand between your wife and God. And so you're in the way. Either be the light or go sit down. <laughs> sit down, boy. <laughs> Well, you need, and you don't have any kids yet, right? No. Well, I hope you don't make no babies. Well, maybe you need to send the daughter and make some babies, white babies, and then come out of it. Are you working on making some babies? Yeah, we're practicing. <laughs> All right. But no, just relax. You can't do anything about it. Don't struggle with it. All right? All right, Jesse, I'll go in the desert. You what? I'll go in the desert. Yes, absolutely. Put your hat on the back and then here. Did I see your hair? Yeah, a while ago. I was, uh, when he asked you that question about why is, you know, things the way they are now and how did it happen, I just wanted to add, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just know how influential, you know, music and TV and film and movies and all those things are. It's such a slow boil of over time like what you everything yeah, you said and then it's like you know with the rap music and 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 with the movies and stuff like i just i noticed too like people used to say so what's the moral of the story you know and now stories and in, in movies and stuff there's no morals but i do want to say this had you had perfect parents the the movies and tvs could not get to you it's only they were able to use that to get to you because your parents failed you so your nature in a fallen state, you're subject to that. Yeah. So that's what the devil does. He make money off you in that state. For sure. So that's what the problem is. That's why I want, I'm encouraging parents to do it the right way. Right. Be right and do right. So when the kids go out into the world, uh, the children of the lie can't take over. But if you don't, are not good parents and doing it right, they will take over and destroy you. Right here, and I, I, and I've heard you say before that you would touch on. I don't know if I've heard you talk about it, but I would love to hear your idea about li 
that we're supposed to live forever. Well, okay. We'll do that because we'll run out of time now. i got to end, but, yeah, we definitely deal with that. Yes, sir, real fast here. Hi there. Um, so to start off with, I'm not doing the silent prayer every morning and night. Well, I'm still we? asleep, and I am still suffering. And I oh, good. That. Well, praise God. <laughs> but, Thank you for being honest. But I hear the alarm going off, and I think I'm waking up and hitting snooze and going back to bed. So I'm trying to get over that. Why aren't you doing the prayer and all that? I think because I enjoy suffering. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. But I wanted to, first of all, say this. One, I really appreciated what you said. I think it resonated a lot with me. And I can identify with that a lot. Anyway, um, in terms of... You feel better knowing that somebody else is suffering? Misery loves company. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. In terms of choice and free will um, and our choices as humans, I've been starting to sort of think, even though most doubt our thoughts, is that maybe we only have one choice, and I want to get your feedback on this. And our only choice in life is do I want to keep playing God and maybe I'm in a car driving down the road and I want to keep driving and I'm not ready to give God the driver's seat and say take over and make my life easy and let it all work out because I say I'm not ready for that. Right. I want to be in control. Yeah. And that's my ego and pride saying I can figure this out on my own without you. Well, in all honesty, to make even that decision is not your choice. It's Satan's choice because we don't have a free will and we don't have choice at all. And so uh, by you saying, I'm not ready for it, I'm not going to do it, you, you listen to Satan don't realize it. Yeah. And he's telling you that you're not ready and you're falling for the lie. I wouldn't take that risk if I were you. Because, and the other thing is, God, there's something in those who are waking up that has always been with them trying to nerd you along the way, let you know, hey, you need to wake up or something, right? He's been trying to wake you up. And so some people get to that point where they listen to that, and that's when they admit they're wrong and overcome it. Right. But of ourselves, we can do nothing. Right. And of ourselves, we know nothing. We're either influenced by evil or influenced by good. We are not in control of anything. You have never made a choice in your entire life, yeah. and you never will. Yeah. I do do this periodically throughout the day or whenever I sometimes just start kind of close my eyes for a moment, touch my fingers or something just to sort of be in the moment. And maybe it's 30 seconds. It ain't 15 minutes, but something. And it's a lot. And I don't think I've ever dwelt or been still before yeah. like this. And Would you I hope to wake up soon. Ready? Yes. Yeah, that's all. And just, you know, you and your daddy have fun. Yes. Y'all go to Halloween. Yes. And just be happy. That's right. <laughs> but I would warn you, I wouldn't put off for tomorrow because it's not promised to you. Right. And you know now. So it's better not to know than not to do. Yes. If you're not ready for it, I wouldn't even want to know about it. So, I, I, you know, you're taking a risk. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Well, I appreciate your honesty, though, man. No sense in lying to you. I used to think that you was him and he was you. Are you racist? Huh? Yeah. Is that good? I'm glad I see you guys together now so I can see the difference. <laughs> All right. We got it. Uh, real fast right here. No more, nobody else. Suffer. Yes. Okay. Then I'll make the question A little direct. 
Um, should a woman be behaving a man or obeying a man who... Should a woman be what? Obeying a man who that man doesn't obey God. Wow. Thank you. It's not up to her to make that decision. Oh, I, I agree, but... A woman shouldn't, whether the man is obeying God or not, the right thing to do is for her to obey her husband. Okay. And then God will show her the right way. But she can't make the choice if he's obeying God or not. It would be like a man going to church to get a woman thinking that just because she can quote the Bible or, or she sits there and all that. Oh, I got a Christian. You get home, you got hell. She can't make that decision. And women do try to make that decision. Oh, I can't marry you. You don't obey God. That's not a decision for her to make. Okay. So um, as we were talking, I realized that the reason why I don't do the silent prayer is because I felt, oh, I like to suffer because I feel like I don't deserve God's love. That's kind of what I, and I thought, well, where did I get that feeling from? Yeah. I brought my mother into therapy one day, and she, I was telling her, I go, how come you don't acknowledge that dad used to, my stepfather used to beat her? He was a drug addict. Like, why don't you acknowledge that he put you in the hospital several times, tried to kill you in front of me over and over? And she's like, well, if it was that bad, then I must have deserved it, she said. Right on. So I was like, wow. So Your mother wiser than you. Well, so I'm saying then that's where I got the idea. Well, then I must have deserved this suffering. But then I'm not. Well, you are getting what you deserve. Because as long as you play God, you're going to get it. In life, we get what we deserve. You have, you have a choice to just stay in there and suffer. And let Satan convince you that, hey, maybe you deserve it. Your mother got beat, so why don't me, let me beat you. Or you realize you're wrong for judging and wake up. It's up to you. Right, okay. And Satan is always influencing you, influencing you to believe a lie. He doesn't want to let you go. I get it. It's just it's hard to stop judging someone when you see them that clearly seems so bad. Like it's like but they you don't beat people. He you wasn't beating that. you, Opa. No, no, I, I understand that. Why are you mad at him for beating her? He wasn't beating you. You uh, identify with well, your mother. I'm, I'm, I was actually more mad at my mother now when I. Kind of but you up. shouldn't be mad at her, maybe. She... No, no, I, I got over it. I told oh, her okay. I, was, I forgave her. I texted her, said, oh, you're, you're forgiven, so it's all good now. Oh, man. <laughs> so why aren't you doing the silent prayer? Why well, did you forgive her if you were not ready to forgive her? Well, uh, oh, I forgave her because I, I completely felt like I understood the situation. Like, I felt like that if I didn't forgive her anyway, I wasn't going to do myself any good, so... I was very aware of all that. One thing I couldn't understand until I was listening, like, well, why won't I do the silent prayer? Why is it such a, like, why do I enjoy suffering so much? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, because I don't feel like I deserve God's love because I don't, but then it kind of makes all sense. You're that, never going to deserve God's love. Exactly. I'm never okay. going to deserve it. So yeah. why Even am when I, you wake up and you're doing amazing to, things, right? right? You're still not going to feel like you deserve it. Right. Okay. You're not going to feel that you don't deserve it. But you won't feel that you deserve it. Okay, so yeah, that everything makes sense. I yeah. kind of, I, you know, the I'm, as we're talking about my like my feelings for like the women's right movement. It's kind of funny because what I feel like is that any women's movement would really be a man's movement. It's like women shouldn't want to be like men. They should want to be different, and well, their man should, should be want the logic the of a man. They should want to overcome the illogical mind. Right. And develop the logic, logical mind, which should have come from their fathers. You right. want, so, you want your wife to eventually become logical. 
Otherwise, you're going to beat her. Gotcha. And your kid's going to be like, That makes sense. Your kid's going to be like, Why is dad beating mom? I hate myself. Because dad beating mom. Well, if you are a logical husband, she will become a logical wife. And then peace will be in the home. Yes, ma'am. So it's just really quick. um, Because I've been talking about this um, whole woman movement. And I do think that some of the things that was trying to, that women were trying to get, and men too, because men were involved in it, were somehow logical in a way. But I do believe that the, the, like the deep, um, the root of where, why they wanted to do it was evil. Like they wanted to do it from a place of hate and from a place of, Hate overall. Yeah. So I am seeing that pattern of movements, you know, yes. against things. Yeah. And that they don't come from a place of love. They come Not from a place all. of hate. That's right. Uh, so for me, even the word... Did you participate in those movements? No, never. Uh, um, you're not from the Me Too crowd? I, I used to... Uh, thought, thought so. I used to be... You look like a Me yeah, Too. I used to think like that. I do. I got that a lot. But, like, I used to think like that. But I came to, like, a different understanding right, yeah. of, upon my life. Yeah. But for me, I'm thinking... Well, if we want to do like a movement, not against, because I don't like, I don't know if I don't like, but I don't know if it's against something, it's towards something. If we want to do a movement towards something, it should always go towards love, from a place of love. Once you're born again, you have no other choice. Yeah. Because you are love. So that's why I was thinking, like, if there's going to be a movement towards kind of like getting that woman's movement Unhealthy women's movement out of the way. Yeah. There should be. There should what come a movement. What you can do is like, throw some uh, witch water on them. Yeah. When you're having a little parade, take a bottle of water and dash it. Oh. No. I brought my Bible today. Remember they yell at me for not bringing a Bible. I brought a Bible. I used to think that this was a Jewish Bible because <laughs> a Jew gave it to me, but James told me it's a Catholic Bible. And I didn't know that, but I like this Bible. It makes so much sense. Um, so I want the brothers came from Texas, right? Dallas, Santa. And they, uh, Friday, they got here Friday. What's your first name? John. And, David. and what? David. Oh, yeah, David. Right. David and John. And uh, they bought lunch for the office on Friday. We had a good time. Nice talk. Did you guys like the meeting today? Any questions about anything? Yeah, it was a fantastic meeting. Um, Okay, I want to tell you something that happened on the radio and get your response. All right? Anybody, but I really want yours since you visited out of town. So I get a call on the radio, and the guy said, Jesse, I want to know what would you say. He said, this person that I know is dying of cancer. They have cancer in the bones and all that kind of They're really dying. And the doctor told them they have only a month or two or something. I forgot the time. What would you say to that person? And so I thought about it. What would you say if he had asked you that? What would you say if you knew someone that was dying and the doctor told them they have a month or two to live? What would you say to that person? Um, I guess I'm not really understanding the question. I mean, it depends on... If you knew someone that was dying of cancer... Right. And the doctor said, you... uh, uh, Jojo, you're going to die in two or three months. You have cancer of the bone, you're fading away, you're dying. 
and you knew JoJo really well, what would you say to them? Well, it depended upon if they had, to me, had actually forgiven, first and foremost. Um, and, I mean, so it depends upon the situation. Okay. So if they were looking, if, if they had not forgiven, I would definitely talk to them about that because I believe that's the most important thing is would, the forgiveness uh, that you can be forgiven, first and foremost. What would you say, David? David's the older brother, right? Yes. You, you beat him up, beat up the young brother. All the time. No, okay. was the other brother. Yeah. What would you say? I would first, I would let him know that, again, that what they have is not really them. Yeah. That, that uh, you know, that this body just really is the exterior of what's, who I really am and who we all really are. And that uh, the spirit that's within them was given to them by their creator and, and let them know that they have the opportunity. Well, he doesn't have time to hear all that. He died. Right, right. Like, but like, I just tell him, brother. I, I just, yeah, I would just, again, tell him that he, he's, uh, he was here for a purpose and that, uh, you know, his, his father was the one that created him to be here and that he's not needing to focus on where he's at, but where he, where he's headed, where he's going. Oh, okay. And because this isn't, this isn't it. This is, this body is just like anything else. You may lose something, you know, as we put our, we put our focus in our stuff to where if it gets taken away, we think that's us that's getting taken away. Amazing. But it's the same thing with our, these bodies. This body gets taken away. We haven't lost anything because we just got to know who gave it to us. Well, thank you guys for the lunch. It was amazing. You got to come back and buy another lunch. (laughs) We will. (laughs) Victoria, what would you say to that person? And then David had the last word. Did you hear the show Friday? No. Oh, okay. What would you say to that person? Victoria, I'm dying. The doctor told me I got two or three months. I have cancer. It's almost over. And what would you say? So what? They've been a sinner their whole life. Did he say that part? No. Did you hear the show? Oh, I see. What would you say, Victoria? I wouldn't know what to say, and the honest truth is um, I would probably have... I would probably have started to avoid that person because I don't deal with loss very well. You would avoid the dying person? Mm-hmm. Lord. I'm just being hey, honest. Frankie, what would you say? Frankie, a little holy one, and then David got it. You know, what is a person to say? You know, a person's dying. You've probably right. heard it already, but uh, other than the spiritual stuff, uh, that's the only thing I could offer. You know, uh, you know what brought you here? You know, um, your anger, forgiveness. You would say all that? I, I guess. I don't know. Oh, okay. Not been and you're a little Christian, right? Sometimes. Okay. All right. No, nobody raise your hand now. I'm out of time. They yell at me all the time. I always say it's over. And then nobody raise their hand, right? And then people raise their hand. And I go to them. And they just stop and yell at me. So what I want, nobody else. I'm sorry I can't come to you, but he was waiting so long. David, I mean, did you hear the show? No. Oh, okay. And then David. Yeah. What would you say? Hey, how about that money you owe me? <laughs> 
Are you Mexican? What's up? All right, David, what would you say? I wanted to go to one more person. Yeah, David is the last person. Are you Mexican? Oh, you look like a Mexican. Where is that money? Yeah. What would you say? I have some family who've ministered to some people in that situation. Doctor has told them, you're, you're dead in the water. There's nothing you can do. Right. Um, this, is a, this is the clock on it. Yeah. And enjoy the rest of your time. Do you want to do it here in the hospital or back at home? Connected to machines. I mean, it's their last day. So what would you say? Ask them, do you, th- do you believe this is it? Or do you believe there's more to life for you right here, right now? Amazing. So the guy asked me, what would you say? And he was all serious. I said, I would say better than you than me. Oh, that's, that's right. I laughed. I laughed. Better you than me. Because just think about it. It's not going to do the person any good for you to be feeling sad for them. Right? And it's not going to do them any good when you laugh about it. Better you than me, right? And, uh, but people tend to go into a sad mode right away. The person has a better chance by you not being sad about it, being upbeat. You can encourage them to say, wow, that's amazing. Then it is when you're sad because you're not helping them by being sad about it. It's not solving the problem. I have an uncle who has a blood, he has to go through dialysis three days a week. And my, I have a sister going through that too in Indiana. And so when I talk to them, I sometimes I call my uncle up. I say, hey, he answered the phone. I'm like, man, you still living? I thought you'd be gone by now. What are you doing in the way? <laughs> and he just cracked up, you know. And then I asked him, how is he feeling? Is he depressed and all that? He's like, you know what? You're the only family member that treat me this way. And I'm so happy about it. Because everybody else all gloom and doom and poor daddy and all that, right? That's not going to help the person. So have life. Choose life. All right? Anyway, we're so out of time. Huh? No. Uh-uh. I can't. I'm going to be yelled at. You'll be gone in Orange County somewhere. They said biblical question. Oh, biblical question. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I brought it. What was the question? What does it mean that uh, study makes the body tired? Oh, man. Increase acid. I, I, I totally be ready for it, too, man. Um, oh, I wrote the page down. You can tell I'm, I'm not reading the Bible here. I had to write the page of the thing now. Uh, oh, here it is. Am I taking too long? Oh, 1086. I have it. I would ask Joel to read it, but we all know. <laughs> he black. I do enough D locks. Huh? So what? Too many super chats. Okay. Uh, 1086, 1212, 12. okay. Oh, that's right. Uh, so, here it is. 
I can't find it now. Uh, Jay, if you want to read it, you say you have it. I just, no, I just have the biblical question that you have. I don't have the book. And what was it? Ecclesiastes 12, 12 says, much study wearies the body. Oh, 10, 26. It's right here. And I didn't even know it was in this Bible until last night when I was like, oh, I know they're going to ask me about my biblical question. And so, <laughs> let me pull up the Bible. Uh, uh, John, right? Yes. Come and read this. You know how to read. I think so. Last <laughs> time I looked at it. So, this is Ecclesiastes. This is, oh, bring the mic. This is 1212, uh, right? But I want you to start reading at 11. Chapter 12, verse 11. Okay. And just read the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah, it's real short. Hold the mic for him, Joe. Okay. Okay, what are we looking at here? The saying of a sage are the goats. Like pegs positioned by shepherds, the same shepherd find a use for both. Furthermore, my child, you must realize that writing books involves endless hard work and that much study wearies the body. To sum up the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandments. For that is the day, or I'm sorry, that is the duty of everyone. For God will call our deeds to judgment and all that is hidden, be it good or bad. So in other words, all that studying and reading, it just brings on trouble and worries for you. It's not good. Look how troubled the people who are into that. They, they have no peace, right? You want to fear God and keep the commandments. It's just that simple. And things will be revealed to you. Then you won't be stressed out and worried and doing this and doing that. Just feel God and keep the commandments. And life is amazing. The intellectuals have made it so difficult. You got to study. The preachers in the schools and in these churches tell you you got to study. You go to college, you got to study. And you're filling your head with all this stuff and becoming a nutcase. It's not helping at all. But if you fear God, you're born again. And fear means to appreciate him. Like when I was talking about the job situation, the job you have, appreciate your job. Be grateful you have a job, no matter what it is. And give back the time that you're getting paid for. If you want to do more, that's up to you, right? And that's what it means to fear God, where you reflect on, wow, how your life has changed, how amazing it is. That's what it means to fear God, because you would not want to go away from that, disappoint him. And then you're going to naturally keep the commandments because once you return to him, all this stuff you picked up along the way would disappear. The drugs, the alcohol, the out of wedlock, sex, and all that crap, the pot, it was all disappeared. Then you can keep the commandments naturally because he's your father. So I wouldn't get into all that stuff and do what you want, but I don't recommend it. It just bring more trouble upon you. Simon, come here really fast. This is Simon. He'd been living over, where were you? All over the place. In Europe, somewhere, right? Yeah, sort of. And so, where's your wife? Florida. Oh, you left your wife over in another country? Yeah, she's fine. I don't blame you, Simon. <laughs> he took her out of America and left over she in Europe. She's black. But Simon just got married. <laughs> <laughs> and she is black. Well, she's sort of off black. Yeah. Off black. 
She's black as black, buddy. Right. One drop of black blood <laughs> is black. <Fair> you know? <laughs> so I want, I want to congratulate Simon. He got married, he and his wife, really nice lady. They went through all the, examined themselves, and really dealt with the issues before doing it. You guys are having a good time, right? Yes. Yeah. So congratulations, Simon, for getting married. Thank you, very much. Yeah. Thank you. How long will you be here? I'll probably leave it another week. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And you're a Mexican, right? Something like that. Yeah. That mustache looked like a Mexican mustache. <laughs> so, congratulations, Simon. Thank you. Yeah. Am I still coming over there? She's the boss. <laughs> but anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to uh, follow and like and subscribe on uh, rebuildingtheman.com. And don't forget to donate to the nonprofit. All right, we're moving, and there are other costs, costs as well. So we really appreciate it. Any other announcement, Hermes? Come here real fast. Take the mic from Joel. We have a, uh, as you all know, we're looking for Herb a building. Herb is a PR guy. And so Jesse set up a GoFundMe account to uh, raise money. So what we're looking for is we need 100 people, actually 1,000 people to give us $100. That way we can cover our moving expenses. Yeah. And once we move in, you know, Jesse has a radio show, the TV show. We need to uh, do some um, construction. We got to do a whole bunch of stuff to get the, uh, the building ready for the studio. All that takes money, so we need money. To, we need you guys to help us uh, cover those expenses. Yeah. So you can go to rebuildingtheman.com, jessleepeterson.com, thefallenstate.tv, and you can donate there. Thank you. And I do appreciate it. All you guys, thank you, for the ladies, for your help. Um, and if you're out and about, you see a place in this area somewhere that you think we need to check out, let us know. Uh, what else? We had the men's meeting this past Thursday night. It was amazing. Everybody and their daddy showed up. And uh, it was an amazing conversation. We're supposed to be having one for the ladies on the third Thursday of the month, but I don't know about the ladies. They kind of not showing up. So what? Does it have to be Thursday? We've been doing it. We've been doing it on Thursday for twenty nine years. <laughs> Oh, yeah? That so, can seem fine. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. I don't the ladies always a problem, huh? <laughs> the men get there, no matter what, from Orange County, Apple Valley, and everywhere. Uh, so you guys want a different date? And that's what it is? Oh, no, I was just throwing it out there. Oh, I, I see. I, I think that we could just do better at following up. So if we would just start a sign-in sheet, and then a couple of days just kind of consistently remind, and we can verify who's coming. So this way, if we have to cancel it, We'll give plenty of notice, and if not, if everyone's okay, well, y'all need to do in. something. Yeah, I, I think if we just do like an RSVP, I think it'll yeah. help out a lot. Okay, all right. But anyway, thank you all for everything, and don't forget to do the prayer. You got to do the prayer so that you can wake up, and God wants you to pray without ceasing. So even under stress, and when you're at work, and He doesn't want you to go to sleep. He wants you to be aware. All right, He's right there with you, and that's why He wants you to have His mindset. So do the silent prayer or suffer. All right? And uh, thank you all for tuning in out there. I really appreciate it very much. See you next week. 
And uh, thank you guys again. Joel is coming.